0: Hi, this is Sean Fenske, editor in chief of MPO Magazine, and I'm back once again with uh, Mike Drews, of, he's the president of vascular sciences. I'm back for another episode of Mike on MedTech. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm well, thank you, Sean. How are you? Great. Uh, so, we're going to talk about uh, an item today that's been uh, getting some news attention, or at least it had in recent news. Um, very sensationalized story, uh, very, you know, uh, um, hyped, I guess, I guess sensationalized is the best way to put it, where it was, it was uh, put out there that the FDA was, had a program running where they hid millions of, of reports on faulty medical devices. They were, you know, hiding this, this knowledge, uh, not making it public or, or uh, deliberately misleading the public. I mean, you know, basically more on top of the pile of of the bad pr that the industry has been getting in the last year to 18 months more uh of the bad pr that the fda has been getting um so this just kind of added to it and of course uh given the environment in the industry uh sensationalizing this of course is going to bring in readers but let's get to the real i mean let let's Let's get to the real story here, uh, Mike, if you don't mind, and maybe you could just start by explaining what the alternative summary reporting program is. Happy to do that,
1: John. As always, thanks for the opportunity to have this discussion with you and your audience because this is uh, a very important topic for our industry to talk about. So, simply put, this alternative summary program—sorry, uh, this alternative summary reporting program was technically created about uh, a little over a year ago, but in fact, in reality, it's been around for about 20 years. The idea, Sean, is quite simple. Uh, When it comes to um, problems with medical devices, whether they're found in part of uh, a manufacturing kind of an issue or a clinical trial or issue, how do we report that information to the agency? In other words, let's say we have 100 different reports in total. Are all of the problems, are the, is the root cause of those 100 hundred reports the same? If it is, then we can consolidate all of those reports into one summary report and submit it to the agency at one time, perhaps once a quarter. On the other hand, if they're different, then we shouldn't summarize them. We should submit them individually. So simply put, this, uh, this alternative summary reporting program does, in fact, do what you would think and that is allows us to consolidate this information uh, into one report if the problem if the root cause is the same or to use a uh, regulatory uh, pun Sean as long as it's substantially equivalent as long as as all of these these problems are close enough we can we can lump them together this is something that we've been doing for a long time and you know, we've been doing it up until now, but unfortunately, that's now starting to change, Sean, And that's the purpose of today's discussion.
0: Okay, so now, of course, you know, reacting to the bad press, reacting to the to this announcement that the news discovered uh, the the existence of this program, the FDA uh, uh, announced that they were canceling the alternative summary program or reporting program. Sorry. Um, so, you know, what are your what are your thoughts? on On that, and what is going to be well let's let 's just get to the what are your thoughts on on them canceling it? So,
1: simply put, Sean, I am in strong disagreement with the agency on this. Um, Regrettably, the FDA announced this decision uh, literally just a few weeks before we're having this conversation, so this is very much in the news right now. And it results from, as you just alluded to, some very high-profile reports in the popular press. I don't mean the technical press like yours, but in the popular press, here's one title, for example, FDA to End um, uh, sorry FDA to end program that that and this is a quote hides millions of reports of faulty medical devices.
0: Mm-hmm. The article
1: further goes on to say, and we can put a link to this uh, if you want in the uh, on the website, Sean, But sure, the yeah, article goes share. on to say, the the FDA announced it's shutting down its call it, its controversial alternative summary reporting program and ending its decades long practice of quote, allowing medical device makers to conceal millions of reports of harm and malfunctions from the general public. And uh, here's just one or two more uh, uh, statements from the popular press. Um, It's been revealed that the obscure program was vast, collecting over a million reports since just 2016. That's just in the last couple of years. And even more recent than that, in the first nine months of 2018, of last year, FDA continued to accept more than 190,000 injury reports and 45,000 malfunction, malfunction reports under this, quote, hidden alternative summary program reporting. Uh, now, again, Sean, for the benefit of the audience, I don't want to get bogged down in the details and the numbers here. That's not important. What I'm talking about here is the spit. In other words, if we summarize this information into these consolidated statements, if you will, is that hiding information? It kind of depends on what your definition of hiding is. In other words, if you summarize something, if you don't report all these problems individually, is that hiding? In my opinion, Sean, and I would love to hear your thoughts, especially as a journalist, to me, nothing was ever hidden. Perhaps it was de-emphasized or, as I like to say, not drawn attention to, and this is a strategy that I use frequently in my regulatory submissions, but I don't think summarizing those reports are hiding that information. The information is still there, but uh, instead of uh, issuing a 100 different individual reports, again, as I said earlier, if the problems are all the same, then why do we need to generate all that additional paperwork? Um, so I'm just curious as a, as a journalist yourself, Sean, you know, obviously, and this is, I'm talking about the popular press here, not the technical press. Is the job of a journalist, perhaps you might think this is a loaded question, to, um, to, 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 to deliver the news or quite frankly, to sell stories? Because it's a very it's a very provocative kind of a headline. Any anybody that reads FDA is hiding millions of reports of faulty medical devices, they're going to read on. You know, it's it's just kind of na- uh, human nature. So, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, well, this is this is. I mean, this could spin off into its own podcast, which has nothing to do with the medical device industry. <laughs> and I'm sure we could go on and on about this. But uh, simply just to keep it relatively brief, uh, I do believe that the the mainstream media is at a point, and this goes for television, this goes for print, this goes for digital, they're at a point where the the, the goal is commercial advertising dollars. So they need more views online, they need more viewership on television, they need more readers uh, in print. They are going to de- design their headlines. And de- and I- I've learned about headline writing, as you've, you've said. I'm a journalist, so I know about headline writing, and I know what, <laughs> what draws people's interest. Um, but this is basically a case. What they're doing is they're accusing the FDA of hiding because what the mainstream media knows is that people don't read anymore. They... Read the headline. they read a summary uh, these These summaries would require somebody to actually go in and read them line by line to to realize that they are a summary of a larger number of devices and not just a reporting of one. Uh, one incident. So to to answer your question, I absolutely think the media knows precisely what it's doing. Um, and they, they are out for the ratings or the, the readership, whatever, the views. Um, but I think the actual situation that we're, we're dealing with is a case where people don't read. And they, they view one report as one incident, and they're unwilling to read past the headline and find out, oh, this involved... You know, 500 devices, or this involved a thousand devices, all with the same issue. Therefore, they're all grouped together. Um, that's that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a case where people have no interest in reading the story. They ha- they only are looking at the headline. Well,
1: on a personal note, Sean, I do greatly appreciate you sharing your perspective as a journalist because you certainly know more about that aspect of it than I do. And you're exactly right. This could be the topic of a completely different discussion, not to go down this rabbit hole too far, but this might be an example of what some people refer to today as false news. Uh, But anyway, or no, sorry, fake news, I think is the right right. word. But anyway, the more important, this is directly related to regulatory and the medical device industry Sean. in the sense that why is FDA uh have they made this decision to ban this program because as I said this has been going on now for a couple of decades uh I think quite frankly Sean that given the reporting whether we call it hiding or not whether we call it you know bias or not it really doesn't matter given the way that these related stories have been portrayed in the popular press again I want to be very careful I'm not talking about The technical press, like your publication or others, I'm talking about the popular press. Quite frankly, FDA has no choice but to respond, and the easiest solution is to just simply ban the program. In other words, throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, you know, it's very regrettable, in my opinion, Sean, because these titles, as you just said, they're clearly intended to get people's attention. This is a classic example of SPIN. But I think this is, uh, that, at least in my, my not-so-humble opinion, this is totally the wrong decision. And so, once again, why is FDA really doing this? I think it's the same exact reason, Sean, that many people today are advocating the 10-year predicate rule. To try to fix the uh, uh, the problem of predicate creep in the 510k and other regulatory solutions that are being proposed, these are very very simple solutions to complex program p- complex problems. In other words, by simply banning any predicate that is more than 10 years old, by simply banning summary reporting, it just simply provides a, tech bo- a, 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 a tick box on the form. In other words, is your predicate less than 10 years old? Yes. Okay, continue. No, sorry, you can't continue. Is your, the, the incident that you're reporting a single incident? Yes, you can continue. No, no, you can't continue. It takes all intelligence out of this game. And in my opinion, Sean, that's not the direction that we should go. I not just as a professional biomedical engineer, but as a professional regulatory consultant. I want to be able to use the tools that I have to do the job the way I think it should be done, given the situation at hand. And along with my professional decision, Sean, I should take the responsibility for the decisions that I make. Uh, just like uh, a surgeon is responsible for doing the surgery properly, just like an airline pilot is responsible for, for piloting the airline properly, I want that same responsibility as a um, as a medical device professional, as a regulatory consultant, regrettably, Sean, and I take no pleasure in saying this about our industry, but this is a classic example of regulatory micromanagement. And maybe there are some people out there who are less qualified, who who can't make those decisions themselves. If that's the case, I would say you have no business playing this game. But for those of us that are qualified, for those of us that do know what we're doing, we don't need to be micromanaged. Do you think, Sean, that's overly harsh?
0: no i think that's I think that's uh right on. I think we're kinda on the same page on this one um and uh you know coming down following the same line on this um but now now we've we've very much given our opinions on on the on the program or the the cancel, cancellation of the program so let's let's get into the more pragmatic uh uh area and that is you know for the man <clears throat> excuse me sorry for the manufacturers. what's what's the alternative? What are manufacturers doing now?
1: Yeah, so again, just to kind of understand where we are, so up until right now, FDA for a number of years has had agreements with medical device manufacturers for about uh, 100 medical devices, in fact, allowing them to opt out, or maybe not opt out is not the right phrase, but to to allow them to not um, file these reports publicly for certain kinds of known problems. And the only way to get that kind of information would be to file what's called a freedom of information or an FOI, request, which quite frankly, shown is a pain in the you-know-what because it takes months or usually years to get that information. In addition, in the past, FDA has granted exceptions to certain devices and certain companies for this alternative summary program. For example, surgical staplers that have been in the news a lot lately You're probably familiar with. In 2016, here's a couple of interesting numbers for you. There were 84 reports of stapler-related harms that were disclosed in the FDA's mod database when in reality there were almost 10,000 malfunction reports that were not sent directly to the the FDA. That's a problem, obviously. Uh, The device has been subject to a number of lawsuits and patient deaths and so on. And there are liability, product liability issues. Um, As you know, Sean, I spend some of my time working as an expert witness for medical device product liability cases. I've heard some of my colleagues say that this information needs to be disclosed for product liability reasons Well, at least in my experience, Sean, I never rely on simply what's available publicly in a product liability case. In other words, I always have to get the information directly from the company, usually through the discovery process, um, uh, which has got much more detail. So bottom line, most important for our audience is what's the result and what options do we have now? So this newer version of the program now allows medical device manufacturers of over 5,500 types of devices, in fact, to send the agency spreadsheets, including these malfunctions. Um, They're ending the exemption program, which I think is a good idea. Uh, Devices in the past that have been exempt include things like breast implants and, as I mentioned, staplers, pelvic meshes, defibrillators, and so on. By the way, Sean, do any of these sound familiar? We've talked about all of these things in uh, our discussions after the bleeding edge. Exactly. do you think it's coincidence that these things show up in the bleeding edge or implant files and now, a few months later, FDA is banning these, uh, these exceptions? You know, it could be coincidence, Sean, but I don't think so.
0: <laughs> now, let and, me, let me go just ahead. ask you this quickly. Uh, are they ending all exemptions or just, these, or just the exemption, certain exemptions? Are they ending the exemption rule or are they ending all or just some, you know, exemptions? That's a
1: very good question, Sean. My understanding is that they're, la- they're ending all exemptions, but this is a relatively new change, so quite frankly, I don't think anybody knows all of the details right, yet. Right. I'm not sure, to be honest with you, how I feel about the exemption program. I have no problem with exemptions if the exemptions are justified. So I think uh, this is my suggestion to my FDA friends, and I know some of the folks that listen to our recording, Sean, are... Uh, they, they do work at the agency some of them are friends of mine although I'm sure they would never admit publicly that they listen to, to such things um, but I would hope that they would think about are there legitimate situations where an exemption might be justified I don't like to ban things flat out you know if right. if, if there's a reason for it then let's keep it Uh, but now all of this information does have to be reported uh, usually via the mod database I think that's a good thing Um, in fact I take it a step further I think everything should be reported in the mod database the only question is how much detail do we provide for public reports I think maybe less detail Uh, for Uh, for FDA-only reports, then obviously there's going to be more detail. And for the company's internal documentation, they should have a heck of a lot more detail than even the FDA uh, would, would get. Because at the end of the day, Sean, the company is the one that's ultimately responsible. Another change that, uh, that they've announced as part of this, uh, this, this newly um, uh, updated program is unlike the alternative summary program in the past, device makers will not be allowed to report serious injuries in this summary format. Well, on one hand, I would say, duh. I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. But, what constitutes a serious injury? You know, this is, this is something that we've struggled not just with the device world, but in the drug world, you know, what constitutes an, a significant enough adverse event that it does need to be reported. That is not a simple uh, question, Sean. Right. And just a couple of other things for the audience to, to know. Um, we can't, uh, 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 or, or, or we still no. should be able to, in my opinion, lump serious injury reports together if... The root cause of those injuries, if you know, is the same. Or to use that regulatory pun, Sean, Sean, if they're substantially equivalent, I have no problem lumping uh, even serious injuries together as long as they have the same root cause. Um, but we're no longer allowed, uh, allowed to do that. Instead, manufacturers are now required to file individual reports describing each case of patient harm. Uh, to that uh, caused by that particular medical device, so once again, Sean to illustrate very simply, if we have a, a hundred let 's call them significant or severe problems, but they 're all the same, what would be the harm, pardon the pun, of reporting them all at one time? On the other hand, if we have a hundred reports of serious injuries and they 're all different, then clearly we should not. Um, uh, lump them together. And anybody that needs regulation to tell them that in my business, Sean, shouldn't in my world, they shouldn't be working in this business. So again, I hope I'm not being overly harsh, but I do think this is a, a total overreaction. And uh, you know, summary reporting is okay as long as we disclose the details, like the number of people that are affected, the number of devices that are affected, and so on. I personally have no problem with that, but under this new
0: uh, program,
1: we're no longer able to do it.
0: Right, and and it you know you 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 ask, if, you know you're you're being a little too harsh, and I, uh, I'll just say this: I think you know you mentioned the bleeding edge during some of our podcast sessions. During that, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised, and I I can't say for certain, but I wouldn't be surprised if we went back and listened to those those uh, those podcasts that we didn't uh, kind of predict that there was going to be some you know, knee jerk reaction to uh the bad PR uh or or even during the uh the implant files when we were talking about that um you know that there were going to be some reactions to the findings and the the reporting that was being done whether it be in the documentary or in those those uh international uh, uh consortium of reporters where you know changes were going to come Unfortunately, with some good changes, there were going to be some more reactionary changes that were done, uh, for lack of a better word, for the sake of the PR of it. And, you know, as as you've kind of explained, it seems like this would be one of those areas where, yes, there's some changes that should be made, uh, perhaps the exemptions, you know, uh, but with it, are, are more reactionary, uh, all-or-nothing changes that, that aren't quite as valuable? Well, Sean, I wish I could disagree with you. Unfortunately, I cannot.
1: Um, <laughs> I think there's no question that this is a reaction to, you know, much of the uh, what's come out of the, in, in the press in the, in the last months and years. Whether we characterize it as a knee-jerk reaction or not, okay, you know, that's... That's subjective, but, um, but it's clearly a reaction. And here's the thing that bothers me the most, Sean, as we kind of wrap up our discussion today. What's the result of this ban? And here's the thing that bothers me the most. Now we're going to have more resources, both from companies as well as the FDA, that are going to be required to sort, first to generate all these individual reports, and again, keep in mind that many of these individual reports are going to have exactly the same information being reported over and over and over again. And so it's going to take more resources from the company to generate them. It's going to take more resources for the FDA to evaluate them. And so as a result, Sean, I think potentially these changes um, might actually make it harder and not easier to find the most important information. As a result, it's making the system very inefficient. And its I hate to say it, Sean, but I see this potentially, time will tell, but potentially as a lose-lose situation for everybody. And I would like to think that, no matter how many anybody feels about regulation or the FDA, that is not the intent of the regulation and it is certainly not the intent of the FDA. Another thing that I hear people talking about is, you know, the importance of transparency and by um, reducing these these summary reports that it might improve transparency. Perhaps, again, it kind of depends on what your definition of, of hidden is, but the, at the end of the day, does it improve the overall system by preventing companies from doing these summary reports does that mean that ultimately our devices are going to be safer and more uh, 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 effective and the last thing that I would say Sean in terms of the result of this ban is that this could actually lead to a form of over reporting in other words where we have a lot of individual individual reports but they're carbon copies they're substantially equivalent to one another and it could in fact give some companies an opportunity, it could give them a mechanism to kind of hide information as well. In other words, to hide the tree in the middle of the forest, so to speak. In other words, by by taking your, you know, one or your small number of really bad problems and sort of burying it with all of these reports that are not so bad problems. Right, you know, right. one of the underlying assumptions of, uh, of, of folks when they talk about this uh, banning the summary program is that uh, you're assuming that somebody in FDA is going to read all these reports. And let me tell you, Sean, I'm not trying to be cynical here. I'm really not, but I know for a fact that not all of these reports are equally evalu- uh, evaluated. So I think potentially, again, I'll, I'll, I'll wait and see what happens, but, um, you know, the results of this particular ban might not be, um, you know, what some
0: people really had hoped. Yeah, I think and, uh, and that's a great way to wrap up uh, our discussion. Uh it might be it might be something that we we uh look to follow up on in 6 to 12 months or or just when there's some significant uh uh change or maybe update from the agency or you know heaven forbid there's an incident that occurs as a result of this and we follow up uh, because of that. But uh as I said unfortunately that's all the time we have. Uh, I'd like to thank Mike, as always, for joining me. uh, And thank you, the listeners, for uh, tuning in. Till next time, thanks a lot.